Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me, telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. We are so excited that this episode of Sober Awkward is sponsored by Sarah Rusbatch Coaching. Find out more later on in the episode. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly, authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. So, Alan, it's lovely to have you here back in the studio in Freddie's room that doesn't smell like piss or dog sick. Welcome. What is your favourite food, Alan? I don't really eat food. Just probably extra strong mints. Well, he's not actually here, is he? But he's here in spirit. I'm pretending he's here. He left. Well, as soon as we had, said dog piss and human 
Ex- no. Human okay. excrement. Yeah, dog piss and human sick. No, human piss and dog sick. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't rush at the idea of coming back into the studio. Well, at least we know what his favourite foods are now. I also like the fact we call this studio. Yeah, it is it a studio. It professional. <laughs> like, we're going to post a picture today. There is clothes piled up everywhere. There's sun cream on the floor. There's a tipped over lamp. There's a sort of massive dinosaur behind <laughs> us, isn't there? Yeah. And there's a Mr. Potato Head. What's that? What? Is that a camping chair? No, it's a baby cot. Yeah, it's just thrown on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> what are the other bedrooms well, in this no, house look like? They all look like this, quite honestly. We're in the middle of our Airbnb move. So George has moved out of his bedroom and he's living in here. And oh, it's just, yeah, okay. it's just chaos, yeah. I do one room at a time to make it easier. Yeah, But it yeah. just means the other room's a total mess the whole time. How long it, have you got? How long does the Airbnb prep take? Two weeks, probably. Two weeks? Yeah, it's a nightmare. Where are you all sleeping by the last <laughs> we night? We all sleep in the lounge on the last night. Do you? Yeah. Oh, it's quite fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we bunk up. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little holiday in itself. So, Vic, we've got Alan's answer. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I've eaten a lot of weird things. When I'm you not ask me surprised. This question, I've eaten fried scorpions. Yep. Yep. Not tasty. Okay. Very crunchy and fear of death didn't help when I was eating those. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something you want to be is fearing. That the aftertaste. Is it? Yeah, the aftertaste <laughs> or fear of death. Um, maggots. Why? Fried maggots. Well, there was fried maggots and then there was real maggots, which I'm going to come to. Crickets, and that was kind of all in one go. That was like a... I love cricket. Yeah, that was sort of an insect mix that I... Like a, like a pick and mix. Okay. But it was insects. It was like a scoopy thing. Yeah. And I scooped them mm. in and they fried them and then you eat them out of a little bag. Yeah, I've done yeah. that at kids' parties, actually. I actually got drunk afterwards, Hamish, and I puked up um, thorax and I t- antennae. <laughs> What? Yeah, I looked in the toilet. I think I told Lucy this before. That's the most interesting drunk vomit I've ever had, oh. was after eating various insects. What was the setting for this? It was It was basically a... I'd been out, I was in Bangkok. It was like one of my first nights ever going to Bangkok. And I was just on my own and I was out on the streets eating everything and drinking everything and meeting weird people. I just remember lying on the floor of my horrible hotel room, which had rats running across across the windows. (laughs) And just thinking that was the best night ever and then being sick and it all being animals. So the the street food was insects, fried insects. Yeah, the street food. And you can eat snakes blood, like drink snake blood. And there's all sorts of weird things. And massive spiders you can eat as well, like horrible hairy spiders. I could never have done that. Ever read that list of what the rock supposedly eats every day? No. I think snake's blood is on that every is day. It? Every day. I'm not surprised the rock does probably has that for breakfast. Yeah. Probably has snake's blood on his cereal, doesn't yeah, he? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the worst thing I ever ate was at a park and I bought a piece of fried chicken mm-hmm. and I bit into it and I thought, what's that noise? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's odd, isn't it? It was the sound of live maggots <gasps> moving around in the piece of chicken. Yeah, I looked down and the whole thing was moving. Oh. Yeah, and I'd already swallowed it. Yeah, it's the worst thing. And I was ill for about two days. So you've had live yeah. and fried maggots. Live and fried, yeah. What was the... I'm going for boiled tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make my bin go manky. Actually, there's already maggots in my bin. You've seen the state of this room. <laughs> there's maggots everywhere in my house. What was the chicken restaurant? Was it, it like was a just, KFC? Or? No, no, it was just a stall by the side of the road. What country? 
Thailand, every, all it's these weird Thailand things. Thailand, yeah. <laughs> and actually, I also once was in a restaurant in Thailand and I ordered a duck soup. Sorry to the vegetarians out there, mm. um, thinking that it was going to be duck breasts. And I sort of moved my spoon around in the bowl and suddenly a beak and an eyeball came out. <gasps> and it was like an intestine soup. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. Yeah. We once went to a, it was one of those like cheap lunch deals in Sydney. So it was, you know, $10 for all you can eat. And we no went, meats. <laughs> well, exactly. We went right. with a friend of ours who was vegan. And we said, you know, do these dumplings have meat in? And said, no. Fantastic. <laughs> Ate into it. There's a prawn sticking out. Oh, right. That is sort think, of meat. Sorry, guys. This is, this is me. During that meal, the umbrella, it was quite windy, the umbrella that was sitting above our table three times fell and smashed all the food on our table. It was a sign. The, the dumplings kept coming out cold, so right. we kept returning them, oh. and we saw him just putting it in a microwave for 20 seconds, bringing it back out. It was it was the worst meal I think I've ever had. <gasps> You're reminding me of another story now. We better get into the podcast, but no. I just got to tell you about this one meal I had at this weird, the Thebine Hotel it was called. Sorry, Thebine Hotel. Not going to sponsor us No, now. not going to sponsor us. <laughs> we had pasta, which was like a paste. And then we ordered a burger for the kids and it was raw in the middle. And I went mm. up to the lady and said, oh, this is raw. She said, I don't know what the problem is, love. It's come straight from the freezer into the microwave <laughs> and then into the deep fat fryer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, that might be the issue. There's three issues there. Yes, <laughs> three issues there. It was gross. <laughs> I have to maybe beep out the name of that hotel. <laughs> have you had some horrible things too? Okay, Crocodile. Oh, haggis. Well, I like haggis, but people will think it's horrible. Yeah. Um, and cow pat once. Why but did you eat a cow pat? That was my brother. So oh. he said, Haim, smell that. Gullible Haim yeah. ran over. His nose just above the cow pat, mouth yeah. slightly ajar. Yes. And then Ferg's hand came down on the back of my head. And did you swallow it? I don't think I chewed, no. I think oh. it was just mouth open, cow pat face. I ate a rabbit dropping once. On purpose? <laughs> no, me and my friend were playing with rabbit <laughs> Thought it was Nesquik? We didn't have toys. As- <laughs> we didn't have toys as kids. So I just played with rabbit droppings. And we were... <laughs> Sounds like Oliver Twist. Some story. <laughs> Some street urchins. And I had one of those, those kind of like wheels that I ran along with a stick. <laughs> and my friend was throwing rab- rabbit droppings at my face. And I was pretending to catch them in my mouth, but then I actually caught one and was like... <laughs> oh, it's so good. All yeah. the rich kids doing that with Skittles, but you're doing <laughs> yeah. it with rabbit droppings. <laughs> yeah. This I- was like 1985, not 1895. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever tell you a story about the, the drinking piss story? No. Nope. I know it's piss rather than um, food. But yeah, I was in Tasmania. This is a, a warning to anyone who moves to Australia, because there are a few sayings that can catch you out. And this one mm. caught me out. So I'm in Tasmania. And I was, my farm was in a place called New Norfolk, about 40 minutes outside of Hobart. And that weekend, it was a festival in Hobart called the Dark Mofo Festival, mm. which is the best festival I've ever been to. Okay. It's fantastic. Amazing music, amazing food and drink. So I said to the, I work with four farmers. Three of them are called Dylan. So I said to the Dylans, I said, Dylans, it's Dark Mofo is coming to town this, yeah. this weekend. Like, are you going to come? People are travelling from around the world to be in Hobart this weekend. Dark Mofo, fantastic opportunity. Said, no, we're just going to stay here and drink piss. Oh. I thought, let me, just, let me just get my head around this one. You're going to stay here and drink your piss? Each other's, each other's piss? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea that was an Australian saying that for getting not, drunk. Yeah, that is an Australian saying, isn't it? That's the worst way of describing getting drunk. 
You said they call out so we would say get pissed as English people, get pissed. but Australians would say drink piss. Yeah, which is, they means not drink alcohol. On that, no, that maybe piss the means Dillons urine. were all very close and actually were drinking. Well, each other's yeah, piss. they were close. They were close. Did they look the same? The Dillons all went to the same school, all in the same year. Oh, how confusing! Yeah, yeah. God, were they triplets? My nickname, uh, Dylan. I, can, can I say it on this? <laughs> it's the C word. Pommy C word was was my nickname in the group. Okay, I like it. Oh, yeah, I think it was amicable. Yeah, I don't I think, think it, I don't fair. think it was brilliant. You had to stand up from the other Dylans at the, at the end of the day, didn't you? Oh, so what are we talking about today? Drinking piss. Oh, excellent. Yeah, just drinking urine and other bodily functions. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> it might seem strange in a podcast about sobriety and drinking to focus a whole episode on food, which is what we're talking about today. But it does actually play an important role both in our drinking years and in our sobriety. Over the course of today's episode, we hope to walk you through how alcohol affects our eating habits and our taste buds when we're drinking. We're always walking people through, aren't we? Yeah, walk them through, lead them. There is no walking going on no, in this podcast. It's just really hot, us yeah. sitting in a really hot room. Just being sweating, sad. not moving. It's the yeah. opposite of exercise. Yeah. We will cover some of the foods that you might want to be wary of in your sobriety. Haggis, for example. Not haggis. Although you actually should be a little bit wary of that, no matter how far along in your sobriety you are. I was more thinking the hidden alcohol in some foods. Okay, fair enough. And we want to share with you the new role that food can play in your life once you've kicked the booze. Now, Vic, there is something I want to share with you. Oh, God, not herpes again, Hamish. What? No, no, no. You know how we like to include a bit of scientific research in the podcast? Oh, do we? That's a surprise, we, Hamish. We, we always do. <laughs> yep, it adds a level of depth to each episode and makes us sound much more intelligent than we actually yes, are. which we need. Well, never before have I enjoyed doing the research as much as I did writing this episode. I feel as if I found all of the answers to the questions I never thought that I needed answers to. I don't understand what you're saying, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? it basically sounds like you've just been eating to research. Is that right? Oh, no, I didn't do any eating. Oh, okay. Well, this that was surely would be the point. Google research. Oh, if I was doing food research, I would be eating yes, but you various know, foods. <laughs> no, I can't eat sugar at the moment. I can eat nothing fun at all. Oh, yeah, it's like eat... me just eating dried oats. You're basically eating rabbit droppings. Yeah, I wish I could eat. I wish I could. I don't know if they've eaten <laughs> they're, fruit. They're bad. <laughs> yeah. They're like bliss balls of the, of the earth. <laughs> Before I reveal to you my research, I want you to take me back to the binge drinking Vic years. I want to find out the role that food played in your life then, specifically when you were drunk on a night out. What were you binge eating on? Oh, God, all sorts of things. I mean, when I was drunk, I don't think you really care, do you, what you're eating? Mm. There's no thought about it, is there? There's no thing, is that good for me? Is that bad for me? It's just like, get it in my face, yeah. as much of it as possible. Because in those days, I felt like food was the cure. Yeah. I felt like food was going to make me better and make me less hungover or less drunk. So therefore, I stuffed it in my face and the sort of thicker and the more heavy the food, I thought the more cur curative, is that a word? You can go with Curable it. that it would be. You, yeah. Weirdly, I thought that too, and I think that kind of makes sense. But that Huberman Lab episode about alcohol, he says it doesn't help. Doesn't help. Does not help. And, and actually, William Porter said the same thing. Doesn't make any difference. Even drinking water doesn't make any difference. Your body has to process the alcohol, and that's what gives you the hangover. It's nothing to do with how much you eat. Yeah. So it's actually it's a complete just, fallacy. It's just fun. It's just yeah. fun to eat shit food. Yeah, yeah, and not care for a moment. <laughs> like Not like us now, where we're like, oh my God, I can't even eat a bliss ball. Also, when you eat food drunk, and like the sauce is dripping down your face, mm. you're, that's always like funny rather than embarrassing yeah isn't it's it? funny you're like laughing about how gross you are yeah. together <laughs> yeah in a kebab shop in london Always. or something yeah. yeah yes that is fun actually 
we used to have this thing where we'd say, right, let's go and line our stomachs. Mm -hmm. So before we'd go out drinking, we'd go and eat chips or pasta or something or cook something really really carb heavy Mm. just because we felt like we'd be able to drink more and perhaps not be sick but actually it just multiplied the amount of sick that came out of me oh gross that is gross i'm sorry (laughs) to to admit that a horrible phrase multiplied the amount of sick that came out of me (laughs) it did shit yes it's like like 10 in the morning we're recording this by the way people (laughs) that's what i've got to deal with yeah i would have been better off just having a salad instead of like loads of carby pasta because it was always coming out (laughs) Interesting question. Yeah. What food would you most like to throw up? <laughs> <laughs> what, so, like, it makes a nice mixture in the stomach. Yeah, well, you rather... say salad rather than pasta. <gasps> banana's the only thing that tastes the same on the way out than in, oh, is what I had, I've been no, told. No, I had the worst banana vomit I've ever had once. And I <laughs> I'm was sorry, at someone's people. house. No, I had a banana when I was off my head <laughs> and I puked it in someone's toilet that I didn't know and I didn't clean it up afterwards because I was feeling so unwell and I ran away. Too unwell to flush. Yeah, and I cleaned it up with a doily. <laughs> Banana vomit is not good. I think, I don't know. I don't think there is a good type of vomit. <laughs> Do you? No. I asked that question with no idea no, about the No, I don't answer. think there is, no. Some of my mates used to say eating's cheating. Yep. Like Cornish mates, like eating's cheating, they used to say yeah, in a sort yep. of Cornish accent. That would meant there was no food allowed, which meant mm. you were kind of more hardcore. Okay, yep, yeah, yeah, I've Which heard is that. awful. I always used to get the slimy burgers after a night out at 3am. My favourite place when I lived in London was the Chick Chicken Shop in Peckham High Street. Mm-hmm. It was great in there until a certain point when there were a few stabbings over <laughs> over orders. <laughs> There's kind of a point where it kind really? of changed from being funny to being quite dangerous. Is it still open? Yeah, I think it's still open. See, mine was uh, Giselle Kebab in, in Clapham Common. Still oh, open. There we go. We probably passed each other at various kebab shops done. and chicken shops in London. We just over threatened years. each other to kill each other <laughs> yeah. over. I'll you get get my you chips. <laughs> I'll get you later. <laughs> I never understood chips and curry sauce. It was some of my northern mates used to have mm. chips and curry sauce. Yeah. Ugh, well, horrible. But I did like doner kebab, which I used to call elephant's leg. Um, yes. Yeah, sorry to the vegetarians today, because we are a bit meaty today, not, aren't we? It's not just vegetarians. We're just, so, we're just, just waiting for five minutes about throwing up. Yeah, generally, to the general po- public, we make well, yeah. a general apology we'll to start everybody. the podcast with an apology yes. to you all. Yeah. We should if do we, that before every, every podcast. Yeah, we should actually. Trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it reminds me of actually Hell's Angels, who used to actually drink a pint of sick before <gasps> they could be in the gang. It was oh, like initiation. an initiation, yeah, to drink a pint oh, of vomit. Who's? That was in the 80s. I don't know what sort of gang you want to be in to go oh yeah I want to be in a gang like that yeah, yeah. that sounds like you may, a maths test might be a good idea or a general knowledge quiz to see if you want to be accepted into the motorbike gang you are never going to make it into a no, motorbike I'll, I'll be gang. like excuse me chaps why don't we do a quiz <laughs> quick sudoku anyone anyone <laughs> scrabble challenge <laughs> Uh, what about you, Hamish? 3am feasts, what did you okay, eat? Okay, so obvious ones, obviously, kebab and chips. Um, McDonald's. Oh, yes. Always open 24 hours, it seems, which I think is actually unfair. Yeah. Uh, what kind of self-control do you need to walk past a McDonald's at 3am and not go in or yeah. something? It's not fair. But they always have locks on the door. Confusing oh, when they're 24 hours. Lock you in? Well, they never lock them. They're open 24 hours. Oh, okay. Those locks are defunct. Oh, that's weird. Maybe Christmas Day. I don't know. Let's well, you've tried, it. <laughs> you've tried. How do you know there's locks on the doors? That's weird. Well, well that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I can't answer that question. But I'm pretty sure there are locks Must on doors at McDonald's that are 24 hours. Ah. Let's not get into a debate. No, no. <laughs> on doors. Domino's Pizza. 
Yes. Um, more for me the night, like the morning after. Okay, often. I was going to say that. Later on, I'm going to mention my Domino's also, Pizza addiction. Domino's Pizza. Am I right in thinking great in England, bad in Australia? Is that just I me? I think so. The kids eat Domino's Pizza here, but it's not the same. No, yeah. it is better it's in like England. It's like Cadbury's chocolate over here. It's not the same. It's better in England. Because there's plastic in it? I is that know. actually it's true? Somebody told me that on the flight to Australia. Cadbury's chocolate in Australia is crap because you have to put plastic in it so that it doesn't melt on the shelves. Don't believe he put plastic. You can't serve food that's got plastic <laughs> please, in it. Please, if you know the answer to okay, that, Google, please get yeah, in touch. Google it. Um, and then more recently, this was when I was in Sydney, and I'm well aware this will make me sound like an asshole. Mm. What I used to eat when I was drunk, and I know I've got a posh accent, so this oh, doesn't help. Oh, God, here we go. Truffle pizza. Oh, so there was gosh. a mushroom pizza with truffle oil on it, oh, which was sold at like, the pizza shop at the top of our road. No, no, it's not gross. I know, that is my go-to pizza now. Is Any, it? Anything with truffle on, yeah. Truffle? Anything. Isn't that like, and, and flecks of gold did you have on it as well? <laughs> yeah. Ate it with a gold knife and fork, always. <laughs> In your boat My kebab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, living the dream. Um, and then cereal. I'll get back to cereal, but yeah, cereal for me, there's never like a bad time to eat cereal, no. including hangover. Even now, if I get home late, bowl of cereal. Oh, you yeah, actually I had a bowl of cereal last night. Did it have sugar in it? No. Was it wheat bix Bran. It was bran. I want to check, bran. check the yeah, label. You can check, you can check. <laughs> um, it seems all of those foods that we're just talking about there with each other are all terrible foods, aren't they? Mm. They're all foods that probably neither of us really eat anymore. That's a good point. Yeah. There's no 24 hours sushi no. For like a 4am binge. No, because people don't binge on sushi. Yuck. Bin- okay. Yeah. So you don't like sushi? No, I did binge on it once, actually. <laughs> yeah. Because I'd never really had it before. And then John was like, oh, do you want to try sushi? And we went to like four sushi <laughs> restaurants just for a laugh. And then I was sick afterwards and I've never really liked it since. Can you imagine the havoc of a sushi train full of drunk people oh, at 4 a.m.? Nightmare. People be riding yeah. it like a roller yeah. coaster for sure. <laughs> Uh, we've both fallen into the same traps on a night out of feasting on junk food. And let's face it, we still eat some of these foods occasionally in our sobriety of too. Course. Just not at 3am off the living room carpet. Now, you said 3am off the living room carpet and that reminds you of... Oh, David Hasselhoff. Mr Hasselhoff. Yes, David Hasselhoff, his daughter. I think he is sober now, but we might mm. need to check that. His daughter took a video of him eating a burger off the floor when he was really, really drunk, like 10 years ago, I think it was. And I, and she posted it on Facebook or Instagram yeah. or something like that. And I don't think he drank afterwards. His, his drunk food eating was enough to watch himself do it. Because I can imagine it's pretty sloppy, <laughs> it's isn't it? It's one of the most shame-filling videos <laughs> yeah. I've seen. Yeah, it's a horrible it's video. It's awful. Poor Hasselhoff. I mean, to wake up to that in the morning <laughs> would have been awful. So I think he actually gave up drinking afterwards. He was so humiliated. Yeah. So if you're struggling, if you're film yourself. Yeah, yeah. Film yourself doing drunk eating. I think that might be enough to make you go, oh my God, I'm like a sea monster. I've weirdly met Hasselhoff three times. Shut There's no celebrities up. that I've met more than once except David Hasselhoff. I've met three times. That is right. Maybe yeah. he's following you. That's probably it. Yeah. I'm his sober guru. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the first time it was, I was working at Davidoff, which yeah. is a cigar shop. It was my first job. I was 19. And usually I was on the till with at least one other person. This afternoon, I happened to be on the till by myself, empty shop. Yeah. And I see David Hasselhoff walk past the front oh. in bright pink shoes. And he walked past, he stopped, he came back, and then he got, he, he held his arms aloft like in like a Y gesture yeah. below the Davidoff sign. And he got his mates to take a photo. And then he came in and he walked straight up to me and he shook my hand and he goes, I've always wanted to come into this shop. Oh, I yeah. said, why? He goes, I'm David, David Half, 
Davidoff. They did a lap of the shop and he left. I didn't see him again for two years. Oh my God, I love him. <laughs> love him. What dude. Well, isn't it good? What a cool thing to do. Yeah. And then he used to do live shows at Edinburgh Fringe. So every year I'd go to the Edinburgh Fringe and I'd do a show and then I'd go, so I never saw his show, but I'd always go see him afterwards. So I'd be like, do you remember that day at Davidoff shop? He'd be like, I do remember that day at Davidoff shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I have a friend who once met Gene Wilder. He was walking up a street in Brighton. He was doing a show and Gene Wilder's one of my favourite actors mm-hmm. of all time. And my friend walked up to him thinking and he was going to be all grumpy and moody and my friend went hi Eugene Wilder he went yeah I am come in and he gave him a massive hug and was like really friendly I love those good celebrity stories yeah they're great like me you probably thought that the alcohol led to a decrease in our self-control so we found ourselves outside the golden arches yet again yes exactly you were probably confused by the fact that alcohol seemed to increase our appetite given the fact it is itself calorie dense you'd expect it to have the opposite effect because of this i mean a large glass of wine can contain as many calories as a donut sure home you sound like you're building up to something here though i feel like i'm being trapped is this a trap yes Vic. the science oh, get this alcohol literally switches the brain into starvation mode by stimulating nerve cells in the brain's hypothalamus hard word to say this episode. You did well, you did well. Thank you very much. This is what increases our hunger and appetite. So it's sort of like the the brain cells or neurons which stimulate the urge to eat during hunger get activated by alcohol. It's like a switch gets flicked accidentally. Gosh, that is interesting. That That, is interesting, isn't it? that is actually. I didn't know that. Well, our binge eating past definitely proved that is correct, not to mention the weight we all put on. Good to know that that was a combination of booze and food. And the laziness of a hangover spent entirely in bed. Yeah. How did they prove this, though? They didn't go and do tests on rats, did they? No, they didn't. Good. They did it on mice. Oh, that's even worse. Mice are even sweeter than rats. (laughs) Why is it always the mice and rats that get it in the neck from us humans when we have something tested? It's not fair. It's not fair. And also... Are mice and rats that close to humans? I don't know. They must, it must be because they're intelligent, I think. They're, they're they? behaviours. Yeah, it's something to do with their behaviours. It's pretty messed up. I don't, does it still happen now? I think it does happen. It is used that, to be chimps as well. It's not okay to be testing on animals at no. all anymore. There's got to be better ways. So in a test done by the Francis Crick Institute in London, mice subjected to a three-day alcoholic weekend, which was the equivalent of 18 standard drinks. <laughs> standard drinks for mice or for humans? Yeah, I'm a, sta- a standard drink for a mouse would be in like a thimble. <laughs> yeah, 18 pints for a mouse. Um, were found to eat significantly more food than their sober counterparts. The researchers found, and I don't know how they did this, that blocking the activity of the hunger-promoting neurons in some of the mice eliminated the alcohol-induced overeating. So that proved the theory correct. All I'm thinking, though, is drunk mice. I know, so am I. They're just like like, punch-ups, karaoke, binge-eating food. Yeah. Give us another thimble, Dave. (laughs) I wonder what food they placed in there. Was it mice food? Was it like tiny, tiny kebab, tiny, tiny little (laughs) portion of chips? Miniature. Ketchup, yeah. Yeah. Little Coke. Uh, mini Musketeers, <laughs> Hamish. Is that too cheesy? Oh, oh sorry. Not squeaky clean enough? Oh, dear, my mouse jokes are running thin. <laughs> Funnily enough, I did do some research of my own on this and found that there is something called drunk orexia, which is so interesting. Not eating or eating too little before drinking may lead to overconsumption of alcohol. Your body needs several nutrients to metabolise <laughs> alcohol when you do not eat enough. You don't have enough nutrients to help your body process alcohol. Uncontrolled drunkorexia can potentially lead to a much worse 
eating disorder. So it can lead to anorexia, yeah. alcoholism. That is scary. Yeah, it's mental. Do you want to know the best thing that came out of my research, though, Vic? This... Not really. <laughs> no, fair enough. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks yeah. for listening. <laughs> Don't want to know anything else. <laughs> okay, so the food craving that we experience during a boozing session has a name. And that name is the Drunchies. Ah, oh, Drunchies. That <laughs> is so good. Munchies, which is maybe my favourite word of the year. That is perfect. The irony in overeating whilst drunk, and many of you in the early days of your sobriety will notice this too, is that alcohol numbs the taste buds. You will not believe how good or how bad some foods taste until you eat them sober. I mean, have you ever had a kebab sober, Hamish? I've never had a kebab sober. No. To be fair, I think they're something that probably still tastes pretty good, but you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a bad example because kebabs are always yes. good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know, there's some other things. filet of fish uh, A McDonald's I would never, ever eat really? sober. No. You say you haven't had a McDonald's in five years? I haven't had a McDonald's since I was in Nepal in about 2007. You athlete. Yeah, I just don't like it. I just I feel like it is not even food. Okay. Yeah, no, sorry, McDonald's. There's another sponsor another sponsorship out. out. <laughs> just ticking them off. Ticking them off. <laughs> Can we talk about your local kebab house for a second? Because every time I walk past it, I take a photo of it, and I send it to different groups that I know on WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. Its name? Go on. Shall I do it? Go on, you say it. Kebabistan. Yes, Kebabistan. Which would be excellent. a hell of a country if it, it existed. It should be a country. It should. Yeah, in or between... is, it, is it the capital? Where's Kebab from? Uh, kebab, I don't know, maybe Afghanistan? It's definitely a stan. <laughs> You're just thinking that because I've said Kebabistan. No, I think it is a stan. Is it a stan? Yeah. Kebabistan should be the capital of that country. Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. Yeah, one of them. Hmm. It is the capital of Uzbekistan, Kebabistan, I think. It's the best name of any restaurant in the world that I've come across. What about Abracababra? I've seen that before. Yeah. It's not as good as Kebabistan. Oh, I don't know. I do Abra like Kebabra it. Abracababra is good though. have to look up some other kebab shop we'll, names, don't we? This is where we should have done loads of research on funny restaurant names. We could do it quickly. <sighs> I could do a quick one, all Go right? on, yeah. Hamish and I are so excited that Sober Awkward is being proudly supported by Sarah Rusbatch Coaching. Sarah has supported thousands of women across the globe to completely change their relationship with alcohol. Sarah's upcoming challenge will provide you with incredible resources, tools, information, education and connection over the 31 days of July. When we ask Sarah why her challenges are so successful and get such good results, she always tells us it's because of the connection and support in the group. That support and accountability is what makes this course stand out from the rest. You'll make lifelong friends who will be there to cheer you on. Sarah's July Alcohol-Free Challenge is our top recommendation for those of you wanting to take a break from booze. To ensure you don't miss out on Sarah's July Challenge, head to her website, sarahrusbatch.com. Hurry up, it starts on the 1st of July and spots are filling up fast. Change your relationship with alcohol today with Sarah Rusbatch Coaching. Okay, so we have taken a moment here to look up some of the most famous or just the funniest named restaurants. Oh, I'm excited, okay, Hamish. I'm start you off with a coffee shop. Yep. Name? Fuck Coffee. Uh, yeah, fair. I thought that would be exactly your kind of thing. Oh, I could have come up with that in five minutes. Got to be a bit better than that. It's just... not, it's, that's not what this game is. <laughs> okay, go on next. <laughs> next, uh, Nacho Daddy. Yeah, Nacho Daddy's good. Yeah. Okay. Then yep. I've got Sconehenge Bakery. Sconehenge, good. Yeah. Notorious Pig Barbecue. Oh, yeah, that's genius. That is maybe my favourite. And then I've got Vincent Van Donut. <laughs> Scraping the barrel a bit there, isn't and it? And am I right in thinking you used to play a game with your brother-in-law to Indian restaurants? 
Ah. And songs? Yes, me and my brother Dan. Well, all our family, we like to play games like this where we think of a subject and something else. So recently we did girlfriends and cars. So so that was like I went out with her, but I dumped her because she was exhausting. Things like that. They're the sort of (laughs) games we like to play. The one that Dan came up with, the topic was Indian restaurants and songs. And he came up with Welcome to the Hot Towel, California. I think it was he peaked in his life in that moment. He actually texted it to us after the game had finished. He'd got home and had an epiphany in the middle of the night and came up with that answer. Genius. Well done, Dan. Can we just have an interjection here, Hamish, about the food that we ate when we were hungover? Because mine was different to the during session food. I think hangover food is considered to be comfort food. We feel like shit, so we eat something greasy to feel better. It never worked. I remember thinking that food was the cure when I was hungover. I used to have a pepperoni passion from Domino's, a yep. fry-up. That was always obviously the one that we thought helped us. We've, have we spoken in the past about how Domino's in England is far superior to the Domino's here? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I yeah. think they use different pepperami. The bigger and the greasier, the better. I can remember my choice was the meteor. I would get a meteor before a night out and then I would eat it before the night out. I wouldn't be able to finish it because it was huge. And then I would have it as my hangover food the next morning as well. Oh, yeah, cold pizza, nothing yeah. better. It used to have like a layer of oil sitting mm, on top of it, didn't lovely. it? <laughs> can of coke milk we've discussed that yes, before i used to have so, a little carton of milk from mcdonald's so but i hung over what so, a weirdo so messed up tea and digestives because i thought they were good for my digestive system yeah that's why they're called that <laughs> dairy milks and walker's bacon crisps i mean anything that was from my local shop because we didn't have to walk very far and there wasn't a lot of stuff there but it, there was a lot of bacon crisps and actually once when i was really drunk and then hung over i did try and eat it the next day but it didn't work I actually ate raw potatoes. Yeah, so you you bit into it like an apple. Yeah, because I was just so hungry. I was like, I've got to eat something. I couldn't be bothered to go to Tesco's. Did you take a bite and then go, this isn't for me? Or were you so hungry you ate? No, I took a bite. Have you ever taken a bite of a raw no. potato? Oh, it's gross. God, Hamish, I don't know why we ate all this shit. Let's get back to the point, though. The more you drink, the more desensitised your taste becomes to certain flavours. This gets in the way of your enjoyment of certain foods when paired with alcohol. So the good news is that it's possible to regain your sense of taste because taste buds only have a short lifespan, is what I've learned. Our taste buds are reborn, which I like as as an idea, every few weeks or every 250 hours, approximately. I think I might be reborn every two weeks. Really? Yes. Just get younger and younger. <laughs> yeah. You're not terrible. My skin shining <laughs> at you. Remember how we said alcohol used to be used as a painkiller? Well, that is the effect it has on your mouth, tongue and taste buds. It anaesthetizes your mouth and numbs your taste buds upon impact. So the minute I heard that, I thought, hang on a minute. What does this mean for sommeliers? Okay, their whole job is to tell us which alcoholic drink pairs well with which food. In other words, though, if a person is a heavy drinker, regardless of how perfect the sommelier's recommendation, data suggests they might be less likely to take pleasure in the meal. Oh, that is interesting, isn't it? So you go to a posh place and you get a £100 bottle of wine and then you can't taste your food. Yeah, God, it is a waste of time. I remember it never really being about the the food. It was always about what wine I was having with it. And then, of course, the food didn't really matter. But you're paying loads of money to go to a nice restaurant. It's just stupid, isn't it? Yeah. We could speak all day about the various ways in which our lives have improved since going sober. The small things and the big. But one very big one, and it might not feel it at first, but it will 
will come is that you will rekindle the pleasure of tasting food. Right? I've already spoken in previous podcasts about the joy of being able to afford so many more restaurants when you aren't looking at the wine list, but the increased taste and experience was not something I had considered at all. Is that something you've noticed in your early days as Sobrati Vic? Well, it took a while to notice because I wasn't really thinking about like the change in food. I didn't know that I would be able to taste it better. But I do find more pleasure in eating now. I wanted to find a new interest and good food is kind of my hobby and social life now. I love going out with my husband. I'm being a bit more of a foodie, which is good for me. But actually, when I go out with Lucy, she hates it. Yes. Yeah. You've become a bit of a pest in a restaurant. Well, I complain a lot because food has become so important to me because it's my real pleasure that if it's not right, I am pissed off. So you don't want to go out for dinner with me, Hamish. Lucy finds it hilarious, though. The other day we were out for breakfast and they handed us a coffee in a mug with no handles. See, that is not a problem for me. I think, oh, nice, you can sort of clasp it and warm your hands. I couldn't lift it up. You sent it back. so stupid. I went in and said, can I have one with a handle, please? I don't like small portions. I don't like if it's not hot enough. They never put enough bananas in my smoothies, things like that. I'm picky about food now because I look forward to it as much as I used to wine. It's my thing. My taste buds are much sharper too, so it makes me into a bit of a food critique. I was going to say, do you reckon food critique you is more of a pest in a restaurant than drunk you was then? No. Or maybe overall you're actually worse now oh, in gosh. restaurants. I, I definitely don't think so, Hamish. <laughs> I think me stumbling over tables and annoying people on the table next to me and dribbling into other people's food <laughs> is much worse than me complaining about a handle on a cup. <laughs> um, but I don't recommend having me over for dinner. No. <laughs> You know my cooking's bad. Yeah, you wouldn't, actually, you I wouldn't know... come even if I invited you. No, because I know you poisoned your wife very recently. <laughs> and, and fellow guests, yes. Food for me used to be for survival or a cure or because I was piss hungry. Um, I'm going to patent that term actually, Hamish, piss hungry. Mm. But now I eat for pleasure because I can taste the food much better. What about you? What I've just said is a kind counter argument to what, to what I'm about to say. But although I didn't feel like this explosion of, wow, I can taste food now and I never used to be able to, I have developed a passion for food. So my alter ego, Amy Oliver, really into cooking. I cook all the time. I don't always poison the people eating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's actually okay. I'm still, ba- I'm still a bad chef in that I can't just look in a fridge and be like, ah, oh, I'll throw something together yeah. from that. I have to be very, very specific, follow the ingredient list and the recipe to the minute, and then I'm all right. When are you having us over for dinner? Why you haven't invited me over for dinner? What's going on? But I bring you food here. I no, no. I want to come to your house and have a slap up meal, please. Ah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you can come. Yeah. Okay, when, well, when, if you when, come, if you, well, if you come, I won't cook something for the first time. It'll be like a tried and tested. Okay, excellent. Because so you better get testing. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be good. It's got to be good. I'm gonna because uh, I'm gonna report back. Yeah, I know you. You're, well, that's what I'm scared of. Yeah. You'll, you'll be too honest. <laughs> you'll send it back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Liz, take this away from me. This grub. I'm not eating this shit. <laughs> As a result of my sobriety, I think I've also become more health conscious with my diet. I think that's what inspired the going sugar free yeah. and the cooking more rather than going out. I think I'm sort of more aware of what I'm putting into my body now that I'm not putting alcohol in. Liz has always had this joke that I don't have taste buds. Like it was almost a clincher for her when we first started going out. She was like, I don't know if I could go out with someone that doesn't love restaurants. So my dad is very deaf, so we did not never went to restaurants growing up. And it's Liz's great pleasure. She was like, shit, if he's not good. Her ex-boyfriend, she dumped because he ordered two starters. Oh, yeah, what a weirdo. Yeah, like, she's like, out. 
I just must quickly intervene here with one of the first dates I ever had with someone that put me off them forever mm. was that he sat there and instead of using a knife and fork to pick up the salad, he picked it up with his fingers and held it above his mouth and dropped it into his mouth. It was a no-go. Why? I don't know. I don't think he'd been to a restaurant before. Were you upset that he ordered a salad or was it the way he ate it? No, it was the way he ate it. And then he, but then he licked the glass when he was having a glass of wine. He licked the edge of the glass. I was like, what is this guy doing? So I totally get you, Liz. That if is... someone's weird at a restaurant and doesn't know how to eat properly, that is a no-go. He licked the glass? I think he was trying to be sexy. Oh, God. Yeah. I put him out of his misery, though. You dumped him then there? No, I shagged him and then dumped him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it still gets you a shag in Vicks books. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that the misery? I put him into, the, into his misery. I shagged him. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, what next? The, so the other the other smugness that I've found in being more into food and cooking more is the smugness of having a full fridge. Oh yes. So I can, you spend all weekend cooking, which is so different to drinking. And then you're set up for the week. And yeah. then that is a very sweet spot to be. I sort of hate you saying that. Yeah. Because I have a full fridge for about an hour on a Sunday. And by Monday morning, I'm scrabbling around for lunches. Because yeah. my kids, there's three of them, they plough in. That's only going to get worse. Oh, it's bad now. Yet. God, it's terrible. Anyway, of course, the lines can get a little murky when we start finding out how much of our favourite foods use alcohol in the cooking process. This is a huge one. Of course, these include seemingly everything we eat at Christmas, True. along with a splash of wine in a mince or a stew or even vodka pasta it is a thing. Yeah. Now, we know that the longer you cook with it, the more alcohol burns off. That seems to be the rule. But, it, you know, it's primarily used in cuisine for the aromas and mm. added flavour. Okay. But it's something that we should be aware of in our sobriety, particularly if you are eating out. I kind of feel like this is a grey area for a lot of people. Some people are okay with it. Some people are very much anti it. Yep. You're... Don't want to go anywhere near it. Is that right? Well, I, I thought I'd be okay with it when I first gave yeah. up drinking. I thought, well, everyone says it's burned off. But now I'm very staunch when it comes to booze and food. I think I have to be. It seems silly to be so sober and then just to be having a bit in food. It just mm -hmm. doesn't make sense okay. to me. So now I do check labels and ask waiters. Lucy knows. <laughs> um, my mum cooks with alcohol a lot. She says that same thing. It's burnt off, but it still makes me uncomfortable, actually. Mm -hmm. I spend so much time and energy not consuming it it seems silly to then ingest it even if it is burned off yeah. i'm not comfortable with ingesting alcohol in any form and would turn down a dish if it had it in its title apart from of course i fed the toddlers the booze that time and the yeah, chocolates, chocolates accidentally i didn't feed them they found the the boozy chocolates and we're running you around force fed it to them because you wanted <laughs> yeah. to somehow live through them so i won't have booze in chocolate but my toddler is allowed yeah, it two-year-olds are all right with it <laughs> yeah. uh, i do feel bad if someone's cooked for me oh, i'm not sure if someone gave me a beef bourguignon mm, that yeah. had red wine in i'm not sure how i'd feel i think people would know not to do that to me but because we're such people pleasers, I'd probably mm. eat it, yeah. but I wouldn't feel happy about it. Cool. The way I'm looking at this one is I won't cook with it, but I'm not going to go to the extent of asking a chef in a restaurant if that's got a dash of wine in it. I think if it was really obvious, it was in the title, I, I would avoid it. Yeah. Like I, I remember really enjoying mussels cooked in Guinness. Yeah. But then it's that's clearly got Guinness in. So if I if I'm sort of naive to it, 
I'm okay. I'm so sure I'm, it's I don't happened. I've ever actually yeah. eaten a meal other than maybe Christmas pudding where you can actually taste the taste of the alcohol. Mm. You know, and there's wine in a mince. I don't think I've ever gone, oh, this mince tastes of wine. Yeah, I think if I didn't know, and I don't think it was in it, I, I wouldn't be staunch because I wouldn't know. And then I probably have ingested it without really realising it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what can you do? You're not 100% perfect. As long as it's not going to trigger you. Yeah. I think that's the importance, isn't it? And you have to eat a lot of mints to get drunk, I reckon. Oh, I can eat a lot of mints. <laughs> you might be able to get a bit of a buzz off it. <laughs> we hope that over the course of today's episode, you've learned a little bit about food. Yeah, the role that alcohol plays in our cravings for it, how it desensitises our taste buds and the surprising love you might have for it in your sobriety. I love food, Hamish. In fact, I don't think there's not any food I wouldn't eat. I... I'm so surprised by this. Mm. Let me throw some foods at you. Not physically. I don't actually throw any <laughs> food at me. Let me throw some shit at you. Now let me throw some foods at you and I'll see if I can actually catch you out. Okay, yeah. so foods that you will never eat. Brussels sprouts. Love them. Mushrooms. Don't love them, but we'll eat them. Liver. Like liver. Oh, you've talked about haggis. Pickles. Yeah, love pickles. T- tinned tuna. Lovely. Spam. Lovely. What? I'll eat anything. I'm just polite. Just give me anything. I'll eat it. I understand there's people starving in the world. You can't turn food down. Yeah, you eat maggots. I'll eat maggots. I'll eat anything. Live or dead. Live or dead, yeah. I will literally eat anything as long as it's not boozy. Some foods can be addiction triggers for recovering alcoholics, even if they have negligible alcohol content. Personally, I try to avoid foods and beverages that remind me of alcohol. I just try and stick to that, really. Slight fermentation can be enough for me to have a visceral memory of drinking alcohol. And that's not something I want to encourage. Should we end with a couple of cheesy quotes? Oh, cheesy quotes. Yeah, Good one, Hamish. This is real. I basically thought cheesy quotes and I wrote an episode around it. Okay. So I yeah, started whole, with this the, whole episode. Start with the pun and work out. Work backwards. Yeah. So Bethany Frankel said, your diet is a bank account. Good food choices are good investments. I like it because I also think it relates to alcohol. Yes. Snip. Drinking alcohol is a bad investment on your bank and your body. It is. That's true. Yeah. Hamish Adams Cairns, twenty twelve. Oh yes, we'll be, there'll be people quoting us one day, <laughs> Hamish. It. Actually, I got hold of a Sober Dave's book recently. Someone sent it to me and said, "Do you realise you're quoted on page seventy-eight? Oh. I was like, "What?" And somebody gave it to me, and I flipped through the page, and there was a quote from me. Was it something inspiring? You said, or was it like? And then I ate shit off the floor, and I, oh, it tastes a bit like chocolate. Yeah, and then I shagged him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was inspiring, Hamish. Okay, I'm then. inspiring to some people, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> Laughter is brightest in the place where the food is good it's an Irish proverb yeah that is nice so what is your favourite food though Hamish so I I have different answers for different people Mm. okay so truthfully between you and me my favourite food is cereal okay it's oats we like oats Uh, I'm not even like exciting cereals yeah yeah. but I don't I allow myself to have exciting cereals so my favourite food in the world that gives me most joy is like golden nuggets but I have never bought golden nuggets because they're full of sugar so I eat oats like you do every day (laughs) Um, but if if someone that's like French or knows their food asks me what my favourite food is I can't say cereal because they'll judge me so then I say um, confit de canard yeah exactly (laughs) I say peking duck in pancakes which I do love it is one of my favourite foods but secretly cereal Yes, I like any Asian street food, spicy food. I like anything that's going to blow my head off, spicy wise. Warheads. What? Warheads. Oh yeah, not sweets. No, I like chili. Yeah. Anything with chili, lemongrass, lime, and garlic. Oh, should we go and get some dinner? Yeah, it's making me feel hungry. Oh yeah, I've actually got curry in the fridge. It's going to blow my head off. It is going to. I will blow your head off. (laughs) 
there's a really rude sort of connotation there which we won't end on i don't think i feel like we should end on it okay let's just end i'm gonna get my ends blown off (laughs) oh god if you're questioning your relationship with booze you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety it might be time to reach out for some support Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. yeah. 
From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. My teeny little wooden heart. Well, his, teeny little, his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 